0: So our secular world today mostly will recognize today's day for what? Not so much Ash Wednesday, but St. Valentine's Day. Um, one of my employees asked if I could make the heart on their forehead today with the ashes. Absolutely not. You are getting across. Um, but there is a meaning here. We, we celebrate uh, two, two parts of today. Most important, obviously, is Ash Wednesday, but let's touch for a second, though, because, uh, you know, Ash Wednesday is not a holy day of obligation. Sadly, more people will come to Mass this week on Ash Wednesday than on Sunday, and it's good, it's wonderful. We want to come to Mass today on Ash Wednesday to begin Lent, a season of penitent, penitence, and, and that's good, that's wholesome, but do not, not make Mass on Sunday. And so, um, you know, it's not a holy day of obligation, but it's a time to think about God and not ourselves. Now, in the same way, it's St. Valentine's Day, which is a day to think about others and not ourselves. The two great commandments, love God above all and then love your neighbor more than yourself, is what we have today. in Lent, we're learning to love God more than ourselves. We, we, we think of penance. And then in St. Valentine's Day, we learn to love others uh, and, and think of others before ourselves. So this is a good connection. Um, you know, St. Valentine was real. He, he was a real saint. In fact, they think there may have even been three of them. Um, So there's a little confusion there, but archaeologists found a Roman catacomb not long ago that was dedicated. It was an ancient church that was dedicated to St. Valentine. Now, he wasn't kept on the calendar after 1969. We also uh, lost St. Christopher, who I I always um, was thankful that I got the name St. Christopher because I loved his story. But the name um or excuse me the um saint of valentine was not kept after 1969 because we don't know a lot about him that was the reason but he's still in the roman martyrology so we still do have this saint now legend says that he would not sacrifice to the pagan gods in ancient rome so he was put in prison there he gave testimony to other prisoners and even the prison guards, so he was quite a motivator in the faith. And then he was challenged by the judge, if you you are who you say you are, then heal my daughter in the name of this Jesus. And he did. He cured her blindness, just like Christ did in the Gospels. Now, his name was Asterius, and he was so humbled that he converted, and he broke all the idols in his house, fasted three days before baptizing his whole family, including infants. We have a record of this. He then freed all the Christians from the prison, all the inmates, including Valentine. Well, Kind of like us when we speak the truth, it didn't take us long to get in trouble again. And Valentine did. He was later arrested by the Emperor Claudius for continuing to try to convert people to Christianity. And then once he got to prison, he was helping the prisoners. Both of these acts are considered serious crimes in ancient Rome. So Emperor Claudius sentenced Valentine to death unless he renounced his faith. Now, he refused to do this, God bless him, and then he was set to be beaten with clubs and beheaded. Now, before he did that though, before he died, on February 14th, 269, he left a little girl, the girl he healed, a little note. And in the note of inspiration, He signed it, your Valentine. And that's how the tradition began of us sending little Valentine's Day cards. Will you be my Valentine? Um, I remember uh, when I was in third grade, Victoria Balloon, that was the best name, right? And so I I said, will you be my Valentine? And I remember she was the first person who ever told me that, that he was a saint. I mean, I said St. Valentine, but it kind of seemed like as a third grader, it was just a title or something. But it was actually a real person, a real saint. I just thought it was like Halloween or something. And so we do have a church tradition here. Um, So now Valentine is known as the patron of love, young people, and happy marriages. So during the Middle Ages, it was even believed that birds chose their mates in mid-February. And so he was representative of this. So it was associated with romance, and that, thus, St. Valentine was as well. And he also secretly married Christians in prison. And so he became known as the saint of romance and and marriages and and happy marriages. So if your marriage is struggling in any way, pray to St. Valentine. It kind of seems obvious, but many of us probably don't. I wanted to start with that because I think it's tied to what's most important today, Ash Wednesday. Now Ash Wednesday comes from the Jewish tradition of penance, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Almsgiving is what you should do to others to love them. Acts of charity. That's what St. Valentine's Day is about. Nice connection. So now, this day, Ash Wednesday, coming from the Jewish tradition, especially if penance and fasting is important. Now Jesus even talks about this, right? Jesus said, if the mighty works done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, these were Gentile towns, they would have repented long ago sitting in sackcloth and ashes. All right, so in a minute, I'm gonna bless the ashes and then we will distribute them after the homily here. And the question is, why ashes? Okay? Ashes symbolize the dust from which God made us. From dust you came, and to dust you shall return. And so, our foreheads are marked with ashes to remind us that life passes away easily. You'll go back into the ground. Also, how easy is it to wash those ashes? Um, on on our foreheads. that can be easily washed away, just like our lives. You know, um, we're not required to wear the ashes all day. If you're going to have to leave here immediately, go shopping or go out to dinner, you actually should remove the ashes, even though in one sense they're a good witness. Um, But anyway, in Genesis, we hear this. Remember, man is dust, and unto dust you shall return. So, this is a day that goes way back and first ash wednesday was really started in 1091 so um very very uh, a long time ago a thousand years ago by pope urban ii who actually launched the crusades same pope now it comes from that actually before that we have writings from the second century church that refer to wearing of ashes as a sign of penance. Now, here's what's interesting. Here I learned something, um, you know, that, well, okay, we know, of course, Christ spent 40 days in the desert. Moses was 40 days on the mountain to repent for the golden calf, right? We all know that. But here's what's interesting. I learned this in seminary. I always take you back to seminary. On Ash Wednesday, the bishop would sprinkle ashes made, we know, from the palms burned the year before, the previous year. And the penitents were removed from the church because of their sins. Can you imagine doing that today? Okay, seriously? I mean, I get, I get letters to the bishop when I mention the word sin. And, and so the, the tradition was the bishops would sprinkle ashes these ashes and the penitents were removed from the church because of their sins you know why they did that it was symbolic of adam being removed from the garden because of his sins and so this is like adam the first man who was removed from the garden because of his sin of disobedience so this is what they did in the ancient church And the penitents did not get back into the church until after 40 days of penance and confession. Just like Jesus in the desert, just like Moses on the mountain, this is why Lent is 40 days. And so the penitents, not till 40 days later, would be allowed back into church after 40 days of penance and um, um, some form of going to confession, but penance, like fasting, prayer, and almsgiving. Now, today it's become more of a, I don't know, uh, we're kind of losing the meaning. Oh, I'm gonna get some, I'm gonna to go to Ash Wednesday today and get some ashes. Well, what does it mean to you? And 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 people don't even realize that that this, you know, even non-Christians and the excommunicated can receive the ashes. Um, it's 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 not some kind of a, uh, sacrament here it's it's a it's a, a call to do penance and 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 realize um our temporalness in this world but anyway um in fact it can even be done outside of church uh, i remember one year i was with the priest this was like about eight seven eight years ago we were doing it at the bus stop and i i wasn't but i was just kind of watching um, and and people you know a lot of times non-practicing catholics would come Um, And we can, we can. It's kind of the same thing with the blessing. Um, We want to do that to motivate us to get back into grace. Anyway, it can be on the forehead, or it can be more traditionally sprinkled on the head. Um, And even non-priests can distribute them. This is according to the rite. Uh, But it's not, as I said, really appropriate uh, to go and, you know, go to a rock concert afterwards and have your ashes on it would be better to wash them off. We're not required to keep them. But again, I think it is, in one sense, to be a witness, you know. But don't be doing something bad while you're wearing your ashes, okay? And so anyway, as Ash Wednesday and Good Friday are days in our faith of fast and abstinence. are the only two days of the year that both are required. So let's look at this. Now, Ash Wednesday today and Good Friday at the end of Lent. So the first day of Lent, the last day of Lent, are fast days for who? Anybody age 18 to 59. Now that doesn't mean once you hit 59 that you can say, oh great, I don't have to fast anymore. You really should if you're able, if you're not health constrained. Now, what does it mean? It really isn't that difficult and we should do more than this. But it's one modest meal And then two small meals that do not equal together a full meal. That's the church definition. Now, if we can't do that, unless you know you're like my mom with high blood pressure or high blood sugar, then you know you have to eat at certain times or you could jeopardize your health. No, the church is not saying for you. But it's an opportunity for those who are able to do it, like me and many of you watching that we do fast. And it, if you're able to do more than one meal and then two small meals, if you're able to do more, bread and water, whatever. I had to fast 36 hours for a colonoscopy and I was like, ah, this is a killer. But once you get past that like first eight hours, really, it, the, I, I think of fasting, the first 12 hours are the hardest part. The, the other 24 hours after that, weren't really that as hard. And so, let us do this. Uh, But also, Good Friday and Ash Wednesday are days of abstinence. So what is that? Okay, no meat for anyone over 14. No meat at all, no matter, there's no upper age limit. Anybody over 14. Now, what a lot of people forget is every Friday, throughout the whole year, is still a day of abstinence. Fridays are days of penance. And we still are supposed to not eat meat on every Friday, even Fridays outside of Lent. Now everybody knows you don't eat meat on Fridays inside of Lent. And it's getting harder, it's getting harder now. I, I remember last Lent, I went on a Friday during Lent and I was traveling so I stopped to get the only meal of the day and it's probably not a good meal, but a filet of fish and a little chocolate molten. And, and I got up there and they said, that'll be $13.89, I'm like, for a filet of fish and a little chocolate shake. And, and so the reality is that's an opportunity for us to do almsgiving, maybe not spend our money on something so we can give it to the poor because prices are just inflation is, is crazy. Just yesterday again went up. But here's the point, everybody. This our two days of penance that we should, and the church gives to the USCCB an opportunity to do another form of penance during Fridays of the regular year. You don't have to give up just meat. Now, the USCCB says you can give up another form of penance, but you got to do some form of penance. Now, the Fridays during Lent, though, no, there is no meat during the Fridays. Please adhere to this. I mean, I've been so many years where I've been with people, friends, family who are Catholics. They don't even think about it anymore. They're going and ordering their hamburger on a Friday in Lent. No, can't we even give up just a little bit for our Lord? And so this is, this is important. But anyway, um, these days of abstinence, um, it's, it's, it's important. All Fridays are days of penance. All right, now to finish, by fasting, why do we fast? What is the purpose? I'm going to talk more about this in the next upcoming homilies. But fasting, we are controlling the passion of the body. And so that the spirit controls the flesh, not the flesh controlling the spirit. It also unites us with those who go without. But by fasting, we control the passion of the body. And when you do that, you free up your soul for prayer. Prayer, fasting, almsgiving. Now, by refraining from eating, you free up food or money that you can give to the poor. That's almsgiving. So we have almsgiving. And for centuries, century, the church has called us to the practice of all of these, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. We read about it today in the readings. And so refraining from food can help us bring our bodies, as we said, the flesh under the spirit. And it's a way of doing penance. You know, there's positive penance and negative penance. Prayer and almsgiving are positive penance. Fasting is a negative penance but it's all good penance. And so the church requires us to do this. So don't lose the purpose. You know, fasting isn't to lose weight or, you know, to save money to go buy something big for yourself or to give out of your surplus. It's, it's something more. And, and, you know, the last um, Lent, I realized, I, I read it somewhere, that, you know, Lent is 10% of the calendar year. if you add up the days of Lent, it's 10% of the calendar year so it's a perfect tithe of time to God give him that time you know food isn't bad you know we're giving up something good but what does it do you know giving up good things help you focus on things that are better and that is God and so let us today it's a way to give up lesser goods food is good to attain greater goods, and that is what heaven is. We give it the things of this earth, they're good, in order to attain greater goods, and that is heaven. And that's what it's all about. And so praise be to God, let us take this time of Lent. I said yesterday to my staff, most of us have probably already blown our New Year's resolutions. So this is a perfect time to start again. Let us have a beautiful Lent and try to turn back to God in this time of 40 days, just like Moses, just like the, all the Bible, people in the Bible, and Christ himself as he was in the desert. God bless you.
1: Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy